It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello, and welcome to Accelerate. Joining me today is my guest, Kara Hogan. Kara is the content marketing manager for Insight Squared, which is one of my favorite sales tools that I recommend for all my clients. Kara, welcome to Accelerate. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. So take a minute, introduce yourself, tell people what you do. Sure. So I uh, do content marketing for Insight Squared, and we have a really popular blog that's focused on sales performance analytics. And we also write a lot about, of course, which is what we do. Um, but we also write a lot about uh, technology and SaaS and kind of general trends in the industry. And along those lines, uh, about a year ago, I launched our podcast, which is called Ramp. And I interview CEOs um, and practitioners and other people in the SaaS worlds that are doing really cool things. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So let's sort of jump right into it. I mean, you wrote a, an interesting article recently. It sort of posed an interesting dilemma. And I, I thought the way you phrased it was really great, which is, you know, what happens if a new prospect sales to a, says to a sales rep, hey, I just read that great ebook on your site about sales forecasting. Can you tell me more about it? Like, what was in chapter three? <laughs> right. <laughs> and the rep sort of looks at the prospector. If they're on the phone, it's like, uh, <laughs> what? And this is not an unusual situation. No, it's not, unfortunately. I, uh, a lot of our content, I would say most of our deals are influenced by our content. Uh, people read it. it it guides them down the path and down the funnel. And that's a really common question that our reps face. And we try to empower them to use the content in the sales process and to read a lot of it. But to be honest, we produce a lot of content. They're not going to read all of it. Um, so we actually use a, an interesting tool called Seismic, mm-hmm. which hosts all of our content and also tracks how sales reps use it and which ones are the most popular. And that kind of helps guide our strategy a little bit and also helps enable sales reps to use our content better. So they can quickly pull up that ebook that the prospect mentioned and read a little short uh, description of what it's about and try to prep on the fly just in case they did not read that content specifically. Just in case, right? Just just in case. They didn't, right? Wow, what a surprise. So as I said, this is not an unusual situation. And it's, it's funny that it, <laughs> well, maybe not funny is the wrong word, but that it, it comes to this because increasingly the way prospects find you is through your content, as you said. Is is, uh, but even if the even if the prospect was developed through an outbound uh, proactive prospect, you know, like through an SDR digit or something, is the first thing they're going to do is still go there, download some content. They're going to come to your website, see what you do. Right. So it just stands to reason that sales reps need to understand, whether it's an SDR or it's an account exec or field sales rep depending on the company and how they're selling, is you need to know what your marketing team's putting out there because yeah, this, and this is what they're connecting with initially. Exactly. We also send them every week a, a sales enablement email that gives them insights into the new content we've produced recently. So when we we actually publish our content on kind of a bi-weekly schedule where we push out four or five new articles every other week. So 
when we do that, we say, hey, sales team, here's the new content. Here's things that people might be asking you about. Uh, just so you're prepared, you might want to read these couple of posts uh, or maybe this ebook that we just did or something else like that. And that also helps a lot. And do they? Do they read it? Mm-hmm. Some of them do. I, I mean, it's a sales team. You know, there's some people that are aggressive and love the content, and that's a huge part of how they sell. And other people don't as much, and you know, we we can't force them to. But uh, well, you're you're a sales analytic company. Do you, is that something that you set up internally as some sort of metric to track? Because you can track engagement with the content if they've read yeah, it or not. Are, does does yeah. it correlate to their results? Uh, it definitely does. There's a couple of reps in particular I can think of that are very successful that use our content really well. And we do point to them and say, you know, look at what this rep's doing. You know, he sent this episode of the podcast to um, this prospect. The prospect loved it. And that helped drive, you know, another conversation. And a lot of our reps do use the content. I would say something like 90%. That little bit of 10%, you know. We we can't we can't force them to do it, but uh, they hopefully will learn over time that it it really helps and really is effective. Okay, so let's let's move away from what it's sort of an ideal case because you know, you guys are stand to reason. It could be a little more disciplined, a little more uh, consistent in the way that your organization uses content. That's not the case with most organ- most organizations, whether it's in the tech world or anywhere, right? So right. so you had some recommendations in your article about how to help the reps avoid that sort of deer caught in the headlights situation when the customer actually asks them a question. How dare they ask them a question about the <laughs> content that you published? And let's go through those. So the first one is, it was pretty simple, is, is just read the stuff. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, when we have new reps join the team, they are given a lot of our content to read because it's kind of the fastest way to get ramped up and understand our product and our positioning and kind of the competitive space. So that's a huge part of our training. And But you do that you know, in a formal training environment, though. Yes, we do. So that is that is part of it. And I think that kind of gives our new reps a good base for what they're working on uh, or what we're the content we're producing. Uh, but any, yeah, it's any recommendations it's, uh, for companies that aren't that <laughs> that aren't doing that. Aren't doing that. Um, I mean, I think the the sales enablement email is a huge thing. Sending it out to reps, um, just telling them this piece here. You know, we got X amount of traffic on it. We got X amount of downloads of an ebook or something like that. You can show them in the data that this is effective and this is what your prospects are going to be asking you about. You can't get caught flat-footed like that. So I think it's a matter of proving to sales reps the value because, you know, you have to really uh, provide evidence. You can't just say, it's valuable, I think you should do it. You have to say, here's why. Here's the data that tells us. And here's how it will benefit you. Here are the reps that are using this content and their close rates are higher that sort of thing. You know, sales reps are very numbers driven people. And if you have the numbers and you can prove the value, I think it works. Yeah. I think the other part though, too, and I think a couple other parts is one is, is yeah, it's very easy, much easier said than done to have reps read material, especially coming from marketing on top of everything else they're having to do. Right. And so one of the things that the 
I do and I work with companies is is we actually will set aside time during the business day to give the reps time to read the material. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one of these yeah, things that, that so often the assignment's given and the assumption is on the part of the sales manager as well, the rep's going to take it home and read it. Mm-hmm. And that happens about 0% of the time. <laughs> so it's really important for if you're a manager, you're listening to this, you've got this great content that's being created, you're investing in it to have this content created. Uh, it has an impact for the, the prospects. Give your reps time during the day could be during a sales meeting. It could be once a week. Give them time. 15 minutes. How long does it take to read the ebook? 15 minutes. Give them 15 minutes to read it. Because um, <laughs> if you do it on your time, there's a, you can actually guarantee that it takes place. Right. We also have, um, we use Slack here internally, and we mm-hmm. have a Slack channel where everyone in the company can share content that they think would be useful. Mm-hmm. And the people that use it the most are sales reps. They share content um, around, you know, sales strategies, competitive intelligence, um, all kinds of different things. And it's really amazing to me how often they send me links that I think, oh, this is really great. We should interview this person or we should, uh, you know, consider writing about this topic. It's, you know, our sales team really drives our content strategy. If they are telling us they're facing an objection from our prospects, I'll write a blog post that addresses that. And then I will send it to the rep that sent me that idea. And that's a really good way to get buy-in from the team and get them really excited about the content that we're making. So some companies have a formal process where maybe on a weekly or monthly basis where marketing meets with the sales teams on a formal basis to talk about the content that's been created as well, talk about what the requirements are going forward and get the sales input. So there's really alignment because there Mm -hmm. have been studies done that show that reps spend a a significant percentage of their time modifying content created by marketing to make it more relevant, what they feel more relevant to to sales. Right. Yeah, we've made a huge push to make our content driven by sales, especially in the past six months or so. We created a sales enablement role. So there is a person whose responsibility it is to kind of translate what sales wants to the marketing team, which has been so, so helpful. And beyond that... Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> well, what was what was the trigger to make that happen? Um, we felt like we weren't as aligned, and we were changing our sales and marketing strategy. We've we've shifted um, to an all account based sales and marketing strategy. So sales shifted to account based sales, and marketing shifted to account based marketing. And we realized that we needed someone to help improve that connection and alignment so that our strategy actually worked and the communication flowed back and forth between the teams. And so there's actually a former sales rep who moved internally to the marketing team and he was the perfect person for that role. And he's been doing an amazing job. Uh, shout out to Colin Fong. <laughs> Way to go, Colin. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's great. So for, for, cause we have a fairly broad audience here and not everybody necessarily understands the the terminology. So why don't you explain to people account-based selling, account-based marketing, so they understand what motivated that change? Sure. So uh, I'm actually, it's funny enough, writing or creating an infographic right now on that exact topic. Uh, But what we used to do and what I think a lot of companies do is, you know, a lead comes in, 
because they download some ebook or they respond to some content or they request a free trial. And BDRs jump on that lead and call them and try to convert them and book a meeting. It's a very simple process. However, it's not very effective in working an entire account. So if there's a company and there's, you know, four or five stakeholders in the decision to buy your software, you have to work on all five of those contacts within the account. And so account-based selling and account-based marketing, instead of targeting that one individual person as a lead, you target the entire account. And it's a much more holistic way of marketing and selling. Uh, and it really obviously takes into account the complicated nature of B2B sales where, you know, we've all seen the studies that say like six people or seven people are generally involved in decision-making for a sales or for a, a software purchase. So, yeah, I think, um, it, I think it's interesting. I think it really, really reveals sort of the maturity or growing maturity of, of SaaS companies in general, because, mm-hmm. you know, it, account-based selling, if you've sold anything that wasn't a, relatively inexpensive, low-priced, subscription-based service, you know, in the business-to-business space, whether it's a product or a service of some sort, you pretty much have always done account-based selling. You know, a lead, right. a lead came in, you looked at it as, well, this wasn't a lead from John at Insight Squared. This was a lead from Insight Squared. Uh, but, you know, as the SaaS business got started, it tended to be sort of, a lot of times the user base was built from the ground up, right? It wasn't a corporate decision. It tended to be sometimes individuals that drove the adoption of the technology throughout the organization, so mm-hmm, now, exactly. as the model matures, yeah, they're sort of taking what historically you might call an account-based approach and incorporating it into this model. Okay, very cool. Right. Yeah, so that's been a, a huge change on our team, and we had to change a lot of the ways we were working. You know, our entire sales team changed how they were working, and so did our entire marketing team. It was a really big challenge, one that we're still working on, to be honest, Um and it, you know, our operations changed and our strategy changed and everyone's day-to-day work changed. It, it's been a big shift. Um, but because of that shift, we've aligned way better in terms of sales and marketing. And it's, like I said, the the content that we're creating is designed with sales in mind. The you know, the events that we're going to is designed with sales in mind. Everything that we're doing on marketing is to support sales and help them reach these specific accounts that we know are a good fit for our business. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, some people hear that and you could blow them over with a feather when they when you talk about that. I mean, is I know. <laughs> people people yeah. want people seem to have this vested stake in perpetuating this this idea that sales and marketing are always at loggerheads and there's this huge gap. And the fact is that... Uh, it doesn't need to be that way. Shouldn't be that way. And uh, it's, as you said, it's work to make a change. But when you make a change, you get that alignment. Then mm-hmm. the results start showing it pretty quickly. Yeah, it's like I said, certainly not been easy for everyone. Um, and I don't think that we're perfect or we have it all figured out yet. But no. I really feel like the, you know, for my job specifically, when I'm creating content that the sales reps are excited to send to a prospect. That's amazing. You know, I specifically, just to give you an example, um, for the podcast, I interviewed, um, Ajay Agarwal recently and, Mm -hmm. uh, he's a venture capitalist and 
I targeted him specifically to interview one because he's really interesting. He's written some really cool stuff lately about the SaaS market. Two, because we are trying to sell to a couple of companies into his portfolio. So for the sales reps to be able to send to those companies a piece of content with the VC that supports those companies, it's a very powerful message to send. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, good. We're going to keep going with this conversation. We're going to take a short break first. I'll be back with my guest, Kara Hogan from Insight Squared as we talk about content marketing. Hi, this is Andy. Connect and Sell is used by sales reps at nearly a thousand companies, including hundreds of technology startups and several Fortune 500 companies, to overcome the challenges of getting prospects on the phone. Companies using Connect and Sell grow their revenues faster by enabling their sales reps to have more sales conversations in 90 minutes than they could otherwise achieve in an entire week. Connect and Sell can be deployed directly to your sales reps, or you can take advantage of their outbound on-demand service, which delivers qualified prospect meetings scheduled directly on your sales reps' calendars. Visit connectandsell.com to learn more about how Connect and Sell can start filling your pipeline today. All right, we're back with my guest, Kara Hogan from Insight Squared. We're talking about content marketing, sales marketing alignment, the age-old topic that uh, deserves discussion. And so what never seems to get old. Yeah, well I mean what do we talk about <laughs> if we couldn't talk about that what do we talk about? So right. So uh, one thing that that I think is important that we hadn't gotten into relative to the content and it's it's one that's overlooked quite a bit is that one thing I don't see marketing doing enough and I don't quite frankly I don't see sales asking for it in most cases is really have to do with, okay, you've got this content, it's gone out to the customer, you give perfect examples, you sort of, we did the setup here in terms of, somebody said, hey, I read that, prospect said, I read your great ebook about sales forecasting, hey, tell me more about what it said in chapter three. Mm-hmm. And they get the blank look stare from the sales rep. And the corollary to that, though, is the, that sales reps need to be able to ask questions in response to what the prospect read in the content that's created. So how do you how do you work with your your reps to help sort of prepare them to really engage in the conversation, not just to be able to acknowledge in sort of a superficial way that they read the content, but that they can actually ask a meaningful question that really kicks off that that uh, that conversation to the prospect based on the material that you've developed and they read. Right. So because our content is really well aligned with you know what our product does and what sales needs to talk to prospects about. That forecasting example is a great example. Our forecasting suite has gotten very robust. Like our product has matured incredibly over the past couple of years in terms of forecasting, which is something that every sales team struggles with. So when a, a prospect asks that rep about that specific chapter and says, tell me a little bit about you know forecasting, the rep can say, well, you know, tell me what your troubles with forecasting are. And that's a just such a common and really strong pitch for our product. It's, it's kind of just part of their training at this point to say, okay, that's what the prospect needs to talk about. They're coming to you saying, I love this ebook on forecasting. It was super helpful to me. You know right away they need help with forecasting. So ask them about how they forecast now. What tools are they using? You know, are they doing it all manually in Excel? That's exactly our value proposition. It's right there. You know, we take all of that pain away and we make it much better and much simpler and more accurate. 
So what you so, do is you're talking about a, a, a technique that's really based on sort of mirroring back to the customer their question. Yes, I'm. I have to say, not a sales expert, so I don't know all of the terms for for the <laughs> for the objection handling. But um, yeah, that's our content is created to handle those objections and to start the conversation that leads to our value proposition. So, you know, if they're asking about that piece of content, you know that this is kind of where you should lead the conversation to. And well, again, talk, talking about where we host our content. Um, in Seismic, if the rep pulls up that piece of content, it will include notes. What is this ebook about? You know, what? Where should you guide the conversation? Here's some more. Um, you know, here's a one pager you could share with them that gives them more information. Here's a case study that talks about the same exact problem, and it really empowers them to use other things and share more in depth information. Now, in your article, you talked about offering. Scripts, you call them talk, talk tracks, but let's we'll call them scripts uh, right. for the reps to be able to for each of the pieces, major pieces of content that you're you're providing. So, tell us about that. I mean, you guys do that for your reps. We do. We try not to. So we've we've changed it a lot, <laughs> um, and we we try not to make um, every. We we have so much comment that you content that you cannot have a, a script for every single piece. That's just not really how we're doing it these days. Um, you know that blog post. I don't remember when I wrote it to be honest. Probably like a year ago. Our team changes and evolves really quickly, and that's kind of not how we're doing it these days. It's more training on the value propositions and specific objections that we hear. Um, you know, competitive analysis and. It, it really has changed a little bit. I mean, for our, for our BDR team, yes, they do still have specific scripts that they they follow and, um, you know, talk tracks and all that sort of thing. But, um, you know, our, our AEs are definitely, they're, they're, they're pretty amazing and they, they know what they're doing over there, so. <laughs> they know what they're doing over there. Okay, good, they com- do. good confidence. <laughs> I have a lot of confidence in our team. <laughs> so, so I guess one question is, then do you have too much content? So, I mean, most mm. companies have too little. Hey, let's, get, let's get outside the tech space because, you know, most people in the world are, don't work in the tech business and people who listen to the show aren't in the tech business. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you as an expert in this space is, is maybe a great question is, you know, because you're talking about this plethora of content that, that sales people can't begin, to, can't begin to keep up with. Mm-hmm. For the company it's just struggling to start in the content marketing side of things. How how do, how should they get started? I mean, you're, you're yeah. It could be a manufacturer. It could be a you know any sort of business. It could be even a tech company that's not or a tech enabled company that's you know a normal company hasn't uh, not leading edge like a lot of the SaaS companies. What's mm-hmm. the what's the first step for them? How do they how do they sit back sit back and say okay, sales really needs help with this 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 topic. We really need to provide some content, some content marketing, be able to drive lead generation as well as help educate and move prospects through the funnel. What's the first step? Right. I mean, I I would say my first step would just be to start creating some content. It's very simple. You have to well, it's just not though for about, a lot of companies. I mean, the the blank page for, com- for companies that have never blogged. Some people it's scary. <laughs> yeah, for people that never blogged even, right? There's a lot of companies that have you can go to their website and they've got a, a tab on the nav bar that says blog, and there's virtually nothing there. So yeah. it is daunting. It is intimidating. What you know? What do you recommend? How do you, how do you get over that barrier? Is it 
you know, start by curating content, you know, finding other things that you can share before creating your own? What, what do you recommend? Yeah, I would definitely look at the content that you see out there in the world that you admire and that you'd like to be similar to and try to figure out what they're doing that you think would work for your business. But you can't necessarily exactly copy what someone else is doing. Not, you know, that's not your business. Your business is different. It's unique. It has specific challenges. So you really have to think about where your expertise lies. That's generally a good place for people to get started. If you are really passionate about the topic and really know what you're talking about, even if you're afraid to get started and to write something, you can probably do it. You just have to think, okay, I'm writing this as though I'm explaining it to, you know, my best friend. Yeah. My friend that's not in the industry and doesn't know what this is about. Just write it like you're talking to them and explaining, you know, what it is your company does and how it, you know, whatever it is that you make, you know, if you manufacture something cool and well, it could help take, someone's business. Yeah. I mean, let's take the example, let's say a, a design studio, you know, maybe an industrial mm-hmm. designer. So we got something concrete here, you know, they haven't been doing anything in terms of thought leadership or content marketing. So do you recommend people start these days with, with a blog is the best way to start or is it writing an ebook or how, what do you? I mean, I think a blog is a little less intimidating. An ebook is long, it's in depth, it's intense. I wouldn't start there. I would definitely start with a blog. And um, the best way, like I said, to do it is just figure out what your knowledge and expertise is in. Don't, you know, you may not think of yourself as an expert. You probably are. In your business, in your industry, you know it better than anyone else. So you just have to talk about it. Yeah, and and then, having, having so, confidence is, is part of it. Is, is, yeah. I mean, think about yourself when you go on a sales call if in your company and you, let's say you're thinking about, gosh, I'm a little nervous about writing something that people could see and actually judge me on. Well, the fact is <laughs> you go on a sales call, they're judging you. Right. Um, but, it, you know, no one, I would presume for the most cases, you go on a sales call for most people listening, you know, your customers don't stand up and call you an idiot and walk out. Um, yeah. You know, they may not always agree, but they're not judging you on that. So, yeah, put your opinion out there. It's... it's um, it's very pain-free once you start. Yeah, and if you're really nervous about the writing, the physical writing part of it, you know, maybe invest in an editor that might read it over for you and fix it up a little bit before you publish it. Um, and then, you know, you get one blog post, you get two, you get three, you get a couple more. Then you can combine those blog posts, if they're all on a similar topic, into an ebook that you can then repurpose and send out to an email list or something like that. It's, it's, it is a doable thing uh, over time as you build out your content library to use content in multiple ways and kind of get more bang for your buck out of the work that you've already put in. Sure. And these days, given the fact you got a high quality camera on your iPhone is get a selfie stick and record some videos of you (laughs) talking about what's in your blog post. Yeah. Or, you know, start a podcast like either of us, (laughs) which, you know, is actually a relatively simple thing to do these days. And if, if you're intimidated by the thought of, um, writing, but not necessarily talking. So yeah, yeah, that's, there's lots of resources out there. Actually, if you come to, uh, Come to my website, andypaul.com. We can direct you to places where, yeah, there are resources that, that can help you start up a podcast. Yeah. I mean, Talk. I love podcasting. It's been one of the most rewarding things that I've done so far. So, 
Well, good. Well, good. Well, Kara, thank you very much for joining me today. Yeah, thank you. It's been fun to have you. And how can people find out more about Insight Squared and about Kara Hogan? Yeah, so you can go to insightsquared.com and you can check out the blog, insightsquared.com slash blog or slash podcast if you'd like to listen to Ramp. Um, and you can also follow me on Twitter at Hogan 27 I tweet lots of random things, but mainly about SaaS and business, um, but occasionally also about rock climbing and beer. <laughs> rock climbing and beer? Oh, very nice. So where do you where do you climb? Um, uh, up in New Hampshire a lot because I'm pretty close in Boston. Uh, mm-hmm. Up at Rumney, there's some great rock climbing there. And I mean, do you climb without ropes? I mean, you're doing like bouldering type stuff, or I mean, no? I'm not a boulder. I'm I'm a top rope and occasional lead climber. So ropes all the way. Ropes all the way. <laughs> all right, glad to hear that. And uh, beer. So what's what's your favorite these days? Ooh, that's a tough question. Um, I'm very into Belgian beers generally, uh, but I really like, uh, there's a local brewery, Slum Brew. They have some really great beers. Okay. So sort of like, uh, you know, big New England on the Amon Gang, right? Um, oh yeah, that's great. I've been there. It's a great brewery. Okay. That's up in Maine. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, good. Well, again, thanks for joining me and, um, we'll look forward to talking to you soon. Yeah, great. Thanks so much. All right. And friends, remember, make it part of your day every day to deliberately learn something new to help you accelerate your success. And one easy way to do that is to make this podcast accelerate a part of your daily routine. Listen on your commute, in the gym, or as part of your morning sales meeting, because that way you won't miss any of my conversations with top business experts like my guest today, Kara Hogan, who shared her expertise about how to accelerate the growth of your business. So thanks for joining me. Until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guest, visit my website at andypaul.com.